0: This is the Village Church Q&A podcast, where our goal is to create digital, shareable, and helpful content to make disciples who will go,
1: grow, and overcome. Hey, Village Church, welcome back to the Village Church Q&A podcast. Pastor Tim and Pastor Michael with you. I love this question because it really, this question deals with the church and how the church lives out its mission in the world. So here's the question. How should the church interact with the world?
0: Yeah, there's so many different perspectives and the church has been divided. And over uh, the
1: over the years of the church, yep. church history, the church has landed in different places. Oh, baby.
0: And we have to just acknowledge that whatever generation you grew up in, uh, culture plays an enormous role in how you view your relationship with the world, right. the church culture you grew up in, the culture at large. So you you go back to almost every generation of the church for the last 2,000 years, and there are just major differences in how they view it. Now, for our audience, you may not understand church history like Tim and I do, some of our audience do. The person who asked this question definitely does. The question goes on Anabaptist, which are separationist, um, yeah. Lutheran to kingdom, Catholic intention. Uh, reformed, integrationist, transformationalist, the black church, prophetic. There are, especially in the last four to five hundred years since what's called the Reformation mm-hmm. where the Protestant church and the, and the Catholic church kind of parted ways, kind of is like the understatement of the century, <laughs> but parted ways <laughs> they did and part ways. Did, did some things pretty differently than each other. The Protestants and the Catholics, the church in general has constantly evolved and on their view of how do we interact. So like here's here's one. If you're Uh, maybe a Puritan from the 17th century, you were going to be very separate from the world. You didn't dress like them. You Mm -hmm. didn't look like them. You didn't talk like them. And that's taken largely, I mean, culturally it was, it's a Played out some cultural principles clearly, but this is how the Jews worked. The That's Jews were not correct. to dress like, look like, talk yep. like, eat with. I mean, there were so many rules. we yeah, like were you Separate then. And the challenge with the, it's called also the Anabaptist, which is kind of the historic tradition of separatism. Mm-hmm. Anabaptist, Anabaptist. Long story, it doesn't even matter. So the Anabaptists, the separatists, whatever, the Puritans, all that kind of stuff. I kind of all- Mennonites. Yep, Mennonites, Quakers, et cetera. Yep. Thank you. And they all mm-hmm. just kind of go in this, this realm of we're separate and distinct My issue with that is the message of Jesus for the church shifts. Like, we are not called to be isolated or separate. We're called to be engaged and involved in in the middle. So, for example, churches are planted in the middle of major metropolitan areas and the church immerses itself in the Gentile world. Like, Jesus did not keep the church in safe, nice, cute little Jerusalem. He put it in the middle of pagan territories and said, now you are in the world. You're not right. of the world. That's right. But you're in the world. And so even just the Anabaptist model, I think the separationist model, they just have to acknowledge that probably this wasn't how the early church existed. Right.
1: And to be very specific, this is where the Amish and the Mennonites would land today. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have so separated themselves that our culture and our society says, okay, they huddle together. They're, they're in one community together, but they're not missional. They're not reaching their community. They're expecting their community to come to them, yep. which in our culture is not going to happen because our culture looks at the ones that are separatists and they say they're strange.
0: Yeah, I don't enjoy being around separatists, to be no. honest with
1: you. like As a Christian, I don't even want to be a part of their community. Right. And again, just, just so we're clear with, with our audience, Mennonites and Amish are probably the best example. There are other mm. sects of Christianity that are very separatists.
0: I would even go as far as saying there are a whole bunch of people who think like separatists, right? And they're- And they may be mainline. Right. You know? And and you know what's interesting is, uh, I, I don't know how this is going to come out. This is just another one of these thoughts I have. But- um, there will be people who are like, oh, yeah, I don't believe in like being stylistic or like being whatever. That's all That's all the world, you know, <sighs> which is another version of separatism. That's you know? right. So I'm like, all right, so you look irrelevant and out of date. So therefore, that's somehow godly or biblical, you know, or – so like there's this idea that to be culturally relevant in the way you dress is to be worldly. Mm-hmm. Or if there is a musical style, like a lot of older people are separatist functionally in the style right. of music. They say if it looks too much like the quote-unquote world, then it must not be of God, yeah. not quite realizing that even their old-school hymn classical were bar Genre tunes. were, yeah. I mean, they were basically taken from the world, but we forget that, you know, yep. hundreds of years removed yep. and that's fine. And so I do see a lot of the trickle down of separatism. And often when people in a church are scared of what's happening, it just kind of exposes some of this Anabaptist separationist, like yeah. roots inside yep. of them. You know, that's one perspective. I, I personally don't particularly like that, but what I do appreciate is their high sensitivity to sin yes, and their high value for righteousness. Here's my, my challenge for them is... Righteousness begins with the heart and then plays itself out into your behavior. Mm -hmm. Sometimes in separatist churches, their obsession is with your behavior. Yeah. And then separatist churches also have a long track record of making people obey Jesus before they can really be saved. Right? Separatist churches also have a history of judging people's salvation by their level of righteousness and yeah. holiness, which is evil always. And you see even pieces of this in the Lordship Salvation Movement. Again, if you right. don't know what it is, ignore yep. it. But like that you have to have a certain level of obedience and submission to Jesus Christ until you can actually be legitimately mm-hmm. saved. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, again, I think the separationist movement has much more concern for me than excitement in me, especially in the last 20 years in America. And I would say it's becoming a more global phenomenon as a more of a, a reformed perspective that's kind of taken root and lit up again, which is, uh, it's called it transformationalist or integrationist yeah. or whatever. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. The church is in the world. We are running businesses, and we yep. are integrating into the full scope of what the world is doing, but not participating in sin.
1: In the sin part of the so, world. for
0: example, I want to start a shoe company called Michael Garces, and somebody could say <laughs> that is that is so. Are we go in there. Again? We're going to go there. It's just there. I mean, why not? You know, somebody would say that's a worldly thing. That's culture. It's it's temporary. It's of little value, and. And I would say, no, it's an expression of art and beauty and style, which the church has historically, for some reason, loved art and beauty and Mm -hmm. style until the Anabaptists started to... to to pull out of pull that, pull yeah. out of that, and make us doubt that, and be very bland and blah, you know. So, but the transformationalist is going to say, no, let's create beauty, let's bring beauty into this world, let's not just throw out everything with the baby with the bathwater. Right. Like, what is good and right? Beauty, no matter where you mm-hmm. find it, is good and right, and art is good and right. All of these. God is a poet. God is an artist. God is a songwriter. Like, yep. um, wherever you find these things, like redeem them, transform them. The world may just use them for selfish means, but we take these good things and we use them for good ends. So anything from style or the way that you decorate a church or the font you use Mm -hmm. or the way you dress your clothes, the way you design your house, the way you design your church building, whatever... All of these are ways that we enter into culture and we bring beauty for the greater purposes of of
1: God. And and that's what the early church did. The the early church did not pull out of their culture. They did not pull out of businesses. They maintained businesses within their circle of influence, within their culture, but they did so – with a change of heart, with Christ as the center of who they were. Yeah, and I I
0: think we have to have strong discernment here, right? Sure. I can watch TV, a separationist is gonna say TV is bad and evil, so it's the propaganda machine of the devil, Mm -hmm. fine. And I can look at it and say, no, not all of it is bad. Some of it is actually very good, and we're gonna take this medium and redeem it and use it for good. And so Christian... Movie enterprises are kind of get catching wind and they're taking the medium of making movies and television right. shows and they're using these things for good and God's glory. And so they're taking things that have been abused but are fundamentally neutral Yeah, and they're taking these neutral things and using them for good. And so I just, I'm a fan of that in this context, in this culture. So there are TV shows that my wife and I will watch and they're not Christian shows per se, And being entertained by something that is neutral is not necessarily sin.
1: Correct. Being entertained by sin is sin. That's a different different. category. That's a different one.
0: But we enter into these things and then we bring redemption to them. We we help people understand, hey, the reason you love um, tragedies or dramas or comedies is because of a greater purpose and storyline for which you've been made Mm -hmm. and brought into. And if you're going to really live as a wise Christian in, we'll just say this culture and you're going to be an integrationist or a transformationist, like uh, you're you're going to have to be really wise and discerning. The catch for them is it's easy to fall into sin and justify sin. Yes. So I might want to um, have a beer because God made alcohol and he apparently says it's good in scripture. But if I'm not careful, I'll start acting mm-hmm. like non-Christians mm-hmm. with it. I might take this neutral thing and instead of using it for good, go too far with right. it. And I think the separationist concern is that, no, the the integrationist is gonna go too far. And the reformed or integrationist concern with the separationist is, no, you're not going far Far enough. enough. You're irrelevant and you're avoiding good things that God has made. And But I would just say, largely, I don't want to make dumb rules. I want to redeem good things. Right. I want to engage our culture where it's not sin and show people how to use good things for God's glory. For example, why we're teaching on Song of Solomon is because culture is hijacked Hijacked the subject of sex. They're the ones who are the primary, if not only... Audience speaking directly to the pop culture about this. And what I want to do is say, no, sex is a good thing. Let's show how people how to use it for God's glory. You want to be an artist, you want to be a musician, right? let's let's use these things, sure, for God's glory. So I would say I'm more inclined and villages more inclined with be in the world, engage the world, and do good things and bring God glory. That's right. good or neutral and, things. and, and don't pull
1: out of the world just because you see that some part of that culture or or that experience in culture, Has been hijacked.
0: Yep, that is what kills me. Again, I guess everything comes back to Song of Solomon right now in my brain.
1: But (laughs) that's what kills me: is
0: the church allowed the culture to hijack the the issue of sexuality, and then now when we speak on it, they're like, "You're going to speak on that? How could we not? It's in God's word. Right? He made it. It's good, and we're losing the battle." there's a lot of issues on this. We've stopped speaking at art and poetry and song and music and sex and all of these things that are good or neutral that the church has abandoned using them for God's glory. There's a, there's a younger generation, I think, that's jumping into some of these issues, but they're not without their fault. You know, sometimes we jump too far that's one of the concerns particularly of older generations is separationists at least we're not making any errors well the problem is yeah. your errors in the opposite, opposite side, direction and you become irrelevant and yeah. you abandon the next generation to not actually be equipped to handle these good or neutral things for God's
1: glory yeah one of the things that I really appreciate about being in in village church mm-hmm. and one of the things that village church is very positively known for in our community is that we're a church that's going to engage our culture. We're mm-hmm. we're a church that is going to engage and support our community and our community leaders, our mayor, mm-hmm. our board of trustees. Yep. We're there. You and I have been invited to these meetings many times, mm-hmm. and we engage and embrace our community. And we're known for that in our Our hometown. Yep. We want to jump into that,
0: into the good and neutral things and bring more light to them. Like egg hunts. It's a neutral thing. It's not a bad thing. You can get all mad, the culture is hijacked. Well, we jump into an egg hunt. Yeah. And we're like, well, let's do it for Jesus's glory and build relationships. That's right. 40 or 50 people come to church the next day on Easter Sunday because we put an egg hunt on. Yeah. Go figure that one out. But that's that's just a small example, like you're saying. Right.
1: And it's just a small example of how Village Church, we want to embrace our community. We want to be known as a community, a church that loves its community and is not going to be afraid to do good things in our community in the name of Christ. That's right.
0: Do Easter egg bunnies actually lay eggs or do they give birth, (laughs) live birth? I'm, I'm serious. I want to know the answer. Oh, my. You shoot bunnies? Like what? What do they yeah. do? Do they give live birth or do they lay eggs? They're mammals. They're mammals. So they okay. give live birth. Yeah. Isn't that really funny though? An entire like culture is like, let's sabotage Easter. Okay. Yes. A bunny that lays eggs. We're, like they where don't did even, that come from? They don't even connect. I don't even. I don't even know. Anyways, for what? All right.
1: Like. Let me bring you back, and I'm going to ask you a little question <laughs> in regards to this. Okay. We have a whole slew of business people mm-hmm. uh, at Village Church. Are they, for example, and I'm going to pick a random Christian plumber or a plumber who is a Christian?
0: A plumber who is a Christian who does all things for God's glory.
1: There you go. That's where I would land too. Yep.
0: I mean, what is a Christian plumber? There's no advice on how to plumb
1: as a Christian. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm going with this, trying to answer this question, is that You serve in your trade or you serve in your business first in excellence, but you serve out of a heart that's serving Christ and his kingdom in a larger context. You have to be excellent in that arena but you're doing it from a Christian worldview yep. and a Christian perspective. For I opportunities. to the glory of God. There you go. Baby. I, <laughs> I welled to the glory of God. And I think that is one of the things, again, I appreciate about Village Churches. that That is what we're encouraging mm-hmm. our congregation to do, is take what you do whatever for living. Whatever you do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. Amen, dude. Let's, let's podcast
0: to the glory. <laughs> the glory of God. To the glory of God. I love
1: it. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Please come back next time when we have a special guest, Dave Swanson from Thrivent, and he is going to be answering the question, what is the best financial advice you would give to young couples? He also goes to the little church. He does. He's He's a great guy. cool.
0: Yay, Dave Swanson.